What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Bobby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chickens. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hold on, bitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen, from Northeast Ohio and beyond, this is the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. I am back as the host of the show. My name is Jake Murren. Joining me today is one new analyst and one not-so-good analyst. First, she's making her first appearance on SPT. It is Lana Sal. Hello. And Lana, you're in for a very special spot on your first show as you're on with me and the man sitting next to you. He is my rival up here at WZIP Sports. Nobody <laughs> truly likes his takes. He Except is your mom. Mr. He Culture Enthusiast, Logan Congo. How's it going, Evil Mr. Mern? Could be better because you're on the show, but it is what it is. It does now. smell over here. It's probably coming from you. Oh, uh, you think so? Yeah, 100%. Okay. We'll see how it goes throughout the show. Look, All we'll right, see how sir. It goes. Okay. As Thanksgiving was this past Thursday, and we're officially in the holiday season, I figured we'd go rapid fire through some Turkey Day questions to open the show before I get into what we're going to talk about throughout the program. So we'll start it off with this. White or dark meat, Logan? White. Yeah, that's the right answer. White meat. No question. Lana, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. White meat. Um, I like drumsticks, too. So okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Turkey, ham, or both? Both, but on Thanksgiving, turkey, Christmas, ham. Okay. Lana, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't I don't like people who have ham on Thanksgiving. Like, that makes no sense. Like, I feel like, you know, Thanksgiving, you think of turkey. You know what I'm saying? So, definitely turkey on Thanksgiving and then ham for, like, Christmas and stuff. But does it make sense because ham is the best meat of the two? Because I personally like ham more than turkey, so I'm more of a ham guy. But, of course, I you do. You would be. I do have turkey on Thanksgiving. What is that supposed to mean? You just would be. There's a lot of Just looking at your face, you would be. (laughs) Good one, Logan. Good one. (laughs) Last one. What's your best and most favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Either mashed potatoes or for the first time in my life, I tried sweet potatoes this year, and those were pretty fire. Sweet potatoes, okay. Not a fan, but... Of course, you wouldn't be. Well, I'm surprised you are, Logan. You know, everything you dislike, I like. So, yeah, like the Miami Heat. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, boy. Lana, oh my gosh. best Thanksgiving side dish. 
I like mac and cheese. Like I feel like that's like the side dish. I have never had I haven't macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving never. Day. You guys are joking. Never. Never. Oh my gosh. Like really? I know it's a never. side dish I know in people some do families it. out there, but I have never personally had Me macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. Never. Wow. You guys are I'm missing out. No stuffing people? Oh stuffing. Stuffing. No. Stuffing's good. mine. Stuffing is terrible, dude. Well, you're terrible, so that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. I mean, Lana's laughing. Yeah, so. I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing too, Jake. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know we have some great hot mic questions relating to the holiday, so we'll, we'll leave everything until then, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. But it's time for us to get into sports. As we like to do, we'll end the show today by talking about the NFL. We have some Thanksgiving Day games to recap, and we have an around the room question that has been a debate at this station for three years now. Before that, Logan Congrove will give us an update on the 2022 FIFA World Cup going on in Qatar and potentially where the U.S. goes from here after their draw to England on Friday. Also, we'll answer all of your hot mic questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports in that segment. In half an hour, we'll talk about the NBA and some early power rankings. We'll also discuss the latest stretch for the Cavs, including their win seven days ago against the Miami Heat. We'll get into the crazy week of college football in a matter of minutes, but right now, our focus turns to Akron Zips Athletics. Let's start with the men's basketball team and their run this week in the Cayman Islands Classic. It started with a win over Western Kentucky, then we lost two straight to LSU and Nevada. Overall, what did you both think of the Zips run in the Cayman Islands Classic? You know, I thought that the Zips were playing well in their first game against Western Kentucky, but then, like you mentioned before we got on air, Enrique just didn't really show up in those second two games, and it really showed for the Zips. Um, Xavier Castaneda, he was, like you said, was scoring some points, and but it just wasn't really consistent. It wasn't in the best way. It wasn't efficient enough for the Zips at that point in time. So I think they played well in their first game, but with Enrique not really showing up, it makes a big difference as to why they were losing. Any thoughts on that, Lana? Um, yeah, I think the second game against LSU, we were leading at halftime, right? So I was, like, really happy, and I, I wanted them to have the win. Unfortunately, didn't win against LSU, so a little bit disappointing. But um, overall, you know, I still I still really like the Zips uh, men's basketball team, and hopefully uh, we can move on and perform better. Yeah, I agree with you. Against Western Kentucky, Enrique Freeman played very well, 18 points, 11 rebounds, and the team out-rebounded the Hilltoppers 43-16 to and held them to 37% shooting from the field, outscored the Hilltoppers by 17 points in the second half. And then if you look at the Tigers game against LSU, we were the ones outscored by 17 points in the second half, and Enrique only scored three points on one-for-six shooting in that game. He played 34 minutes against LSU, only three points to prove it. And then Nevada, Enrique was one point and one rebound away from a double-double, and we lost 62-58 to in the third-place game of the Cayman Islands Classic. Moving forward with the Akron Zips men's basketball team, we do play Marshall, the Thundering Herd, on Wednesday. The Thundering Herd are 4-1 and one and averaging 87.2 points per game. They're undefeated at home and are on a four-game winning streak. What do you guys make of the matchup against Marshall? I think that this should be a pretty good game for the Zips after coming off these two losses in the Cayman Islands. Um, like you said, Marshall averaging 87 points per game is really, really good. 
and hopefully the Zips defense will come out to play and show that they have a chance against a team like Marshall. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I hope we also make some shots, too, because I remember the first home game, you know, we were struggling, you know, just making shots. So hopefully, you know, we can make shots and have some good defense. Yeah, I completely agree. 87.2 points per game for Marshall is a ridiculous stat. Our defense is going to have to show up. Uh, Tavion Kinsey for the Thundering Herd scores 22 points per game. 62.5% shooting from behind the arcs so will have to quiet him down. And then Andrew Taylor, 20.2 points per game as well for Marshall. ESPN Analytics gives Marshall a 69.6% chance to win. But, of course, the Zips are great when they are not favored to win games. So we'll see how they play on Wednesday against Marshall. Moving on, though, from the Akron Zips basketball team, let's talk about the Akron Zips football team and a reason to celebrate on this Sunday morning. Usually when we're talking about the Akron Zips football team, we're not celebrating on these Sunday morning shows. But instead, you know, against Northern Illinois, 44-12. to Our biggest win since 2017. So much to talk about about this game. But what do you guys think of the Zips performance yesterday? Chef's kiss, man. Chef's kiss. We've been waiting all season for them to finally do something. And they did something with a backup quarterback. Hats off to Jeff Undercuffler, who... We have a man up here named Pat Weber that has been clowning this dude for weeks since DJ got hurt. But this week, there was no reason to clown Jeff Undercuffler as he went 21 for 32 passing, 312 yards with three touchdowns and a 69.3 QBR. That is fantastic for a Zips quarterback. And I don't know, like you said all year, this is one of the games you consider to be winnable. And I considered it to be winnable as well, but I did not think they were going to put up 44 points. So very impressed by the Zips. And hopefully they can carry it into... I'm kind of upset that we rescheduled the Buffalo game because we can't end the season on something like that. But hopefully they can carry it into the Buffalo game. If not, it's a good win for this two-win season, which for the first time in a very long time, we have a multi-win season, which that's as Pat Weber said as well, which and it's crazy that that's what we're impressed by here at Akron. But yes, two wins, and hopefully it carries into next year and we can figure it out. Yeah, last week, Logan, you guys were celebrating on the show that we didn't lose because we did not play Correct. last weekend because Buffalo, of course, that game was uh, canceled at first and now rescheduled for this Friday. But, Lon, I'll send it to you. What did you think of the 44-12 to win over Northern Illinois? I'm just really proud of them, you know. Um, of course, I wish this, like, momentum carried over more in the beginning of the season since, you know, there was a lot of high expectations and... Um, you know, I'm still just proud of them, though, that they they won this game by a, a huge margin. Yeah, I'm more surprised by the margin than the actual win because I did think it was a winnable game going down the stretch of the regular season. Uh, you mentioned Jeff Undercuffler, Logan, but also Cam Wiley, 24 carries, 128 yards on the ground. Alex Adams, seven catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. One went for 61 yards in the third quarter. And then Tyson Durant, a 76-yard pick six in the fourth quarter. He was also the player that caught the game-sealing interception in the first game against St. Francis. You love to see it for this Sips football team. But let's look ahead. Let's look at that game on Friday against Buffalo. Buffalo is 5-6 and six and 4-3 and three in conference play. The Bulls have lost three straight to Ohio, Central Michigan, and to Kent State yesterday in a narrow 30-27 to 27 loss. What do you guys think of the Buffalo matchup to end the regular season for the Akron Zips? 
hopefully that the zip, like I said, hope they can carry the momentum into this game. But I just don't know. Maybe I hate to put it like this, but you have to be realistic with the Akron Zips. Hopefully they didn't exhaust all of their touchdowns for the remainder of the season, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But hopefully they can bring it into the next game against Buffalo. Buffalo, like you said, they're they're still good this year. They're a little bit more down than they have been in the past, but still a tough team, <clears throat> excuse me, nonetheless. So we'll have to see where that goes. Um, like Jake said, you know, they're on a third third game losing streak. So hopefully, you know, that's in favor for us. And I'm hoping we could come out with a win. Yeah, I agree. They The Bulls use many runners in the backfield as they have two backs with over 500 yards this season, and three of their running backs have four or more touchdowns on the year as well. Akron has not been good against the run this season. Hopefully we'll be able to pick up the win, but ultimately I think this win over Northern Illinois is going to be the win that we all look back to this season and think of that one positive moment of the season. Of course we have that win over St. Francis Francis in week one. That went into overtime. It was week one. That Northern Illinois win was truly special. Going ahead into Buffalo, though, if DJ Irons is ready to go, who would you guys start at QB? Undercuffler. I I think the guy has earned it after that. How do you bench a guy that just won you the second game of the season? It's If DJ Irons was winning games this season, DJ Irons, of course. But he's not. He hasn't. He's won one against a FCS team and barely. So I'm I'm going to go with Undercuffler. I think he got a very convincing win and has earned the chance to finish out the season. Um, I would go with DJ Irons because um, he has a, the school record now for, I believe it was like passing yards. And... Um, you know, I, I think his stats, you know, he his stats are, you know, really good. So I feel like, you know, when someone's playing good, I just hope it could carry over into wins, you know. So I still go with DJ Irons. Yeah, I think it's a good argument to have. We'll see what they go with. But I kind of lean towards Logan here, just carrying that momentum on from the win over Northern Illinois with Jeff Undercuffler. We put up 44 points. Let's keep that going and hopefully pick up a win in the season-ending game against Buffalo. Let's look elsewhere in college football, though, and let's unfortunately talk Mm. about the game. Of course, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan won 45 to 23, an absolute beating at home for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, so much different ways we could take this game, but what do you guys think overall for the Buckeyes' loss to that team up north? I have a major takeaway, and it's kind of a hot take on Twitter at the moment. Is it about Ryan Day? It is about Ryan Day. I figured. I think we should let Ryan Day go. I think Brian Hartline should be the next head coach of this team. I think if you look back into the past... There's a guy, I, some people, some older people will remember, John Cooper was the head coach of the Buckeyes. Fantastic coach. Did not lose games, but did not beat Michigan for, I don't know if it was two to three years straight, but either way, did not beat Michigan. And then made the comment that the game wasn't that important, was fired immediately after. Because in college football, the difference between the NFL and college football, you can go three and whatever in the NFL, and you could probably still keep your job. In college football, you play maybe one to two meaningful games all year. So you may have 11 wins against Rutgers, but when it comes down to the games that matter and gets you into playoff games that matter, if you can't win them, then I don't, I, I don't understand how you keep a job at a top program. I really like the guy. I really do. And honestly, I can see him maybe getting one more season. 
One more season. But I would not be upset if they let him go. Because it's not like Ryan Day was some big proven coach when we hired him. No, he was a fired NFL quarterback coach from the Eagles. Which, again, means nothing. College and NFL are completely different. But it's not like we hired some Urban Meyer type guy and he can't win. No, we we took a chance on Ryan Day, which it's working out. But when you have, in the past two years, you have guys like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Now you, last year you had Jackson Smith and Jigba too. He didn't play this year, but you still have him. This year you have Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. You have Mayan, jeez. Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams, yeah. Micah, there's so many names. If you have all that talent and you just get outcoached like that, it's on you, man. It's just on you. So hopefully... I honestly would like to see him. I'd like to see a change. I want to see somebody that's more interested. And you can't, another take off of him, you cannot play that game purely off emotion. You have to play it off some preparation, which I'm sure they prepared, but he seems like the type of guy that knows he's going to get out coached, so he plays purely off of a raw emotion, which is probably why it was working in the first half. And then they come out in the second half, and it's just not there. It was so bad to the point where I turned it off. I couldn't do it. I mean, Ryan Day talked about the week in preparation, said it was a good week, a strong week for the Buckeyes in practice. And I agree with you to an extent because watching yesterday's game or listening to it on the radio, you can tell that Ryan Day is almost holding the offense back from their true yes. from their true limit. And C.J. Stroud is so talented. He's, He's sure. obviously in the running for the Heisman after yesterday's game that Heisman. No. I, I don't think Caleb, really Caleb Williams anymore. secured the Heisman yesterday. Exactly. But Ryan Day is holding them back. C.J. Stroud isn't able to go down the field to these electric wide receivers like you mentioned because of the play calling by Ryan Day. So I do understand that. And Ryan Day has expressed in the past that the most important thing, win the rivalry game. Second second most important thing, win every game other than that. Yeah. And he's not doing the most important thing two, two years in a row. First time since 1999 and 2000 that Ohio State has lost to Michigan twice in a row. It's been even longer since they've lost to them at home. It was 2000, the last time that Michigan beat Ohio State at home. That's unbelievable. Lana, what do you think of the Ryan Day debate? Should he be should he be fired? Should he have one more season with the Buckeyes? What do you think? Uh, to be honest, you know, this is like a tough conversation because I don't know. Like, um, in the beginning, you know, his his record for the first three seasons as head coach was 34-4. and four. So... You know, I don't know. It's I just say it's one game. I know it's like a ma- the major game that everyone thinks of, like OSU versus Michigan. But you know, it is what it is. I I just hope uh, he stays as the coach because you know, I don't I don't know who else we we would have. But um, yeah, I'm just hoping that that uh, OSU can just bounce back from this. Yeah, I agree with you. And some breaking news coming out of the college football landscape. And it deals with head coaching is Wisconsin has targeted Cincinnati's Luke Fickle to be the next football coach there. Logan, what do you think of this? Here's what I think of this. This actually ties directly into this discussion. One of the names that I could see taking over for the Buckeyes if Ryan Day was let go is Luke Fickle. So if Luke Fickle were to hear from Ohio State that there's a chance he could have this job, I guarantee you he declines the Wisconsin job. But if he goes to Wisconsin, which again, not confirmed, but he's apparently their target. If he were to go to Wisconsin, then I think Ohio State definitely hangs on to Ryan Day for one more year. 
because I know in the back of their head that's a name they've always wanted to be head coach. He's been here before. He was our interim head coach when Trestle was let go to the sanctions. And I that guy wants to be the head coach of the Buckeyes. So if he takes another job, that means there's no chance we're letting go of Ryan Day because if he were to catch wind that we're letting go of Ryan Day, he's not taking some other Big Ten job. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation to have. Right now, I feel like I'm leaning on the side of letting Ryan Day coach for one more year. But it is tough, especially next year, if you're going a season without C.J. Stroud. Of course, Ohio State has weapons. Of course, the next quarterback for Ohio State is probably going to be elite. But a whole new playbook geared towards a whole new quarterback in their system. We'll see how Ohio State looks next year in a Big Ten that's going to look different next year as well. Let's talk about college football, though, as, of course, rivalry weekend, aside from the game, was insane. Top four teams after week 13, who do you guys have? Uh, Well, Ohio State's coming out for sure. I think they'll probably drop to five or six. Georgia probably one for me. Two, Michigan. Actually, those are interchangeable. I hate to say it, but Michigan could potentially jump to one. But I I just, Georgia, it probably will be number one. Georgia, Michigan, TCU will jump. And the four spot is tough, honestly. There's a chance we don't drop out of the top four. I I don't know, because they dropped Alabama pretty far after their loss to Tennessee. But I could see Ohio State maybe sticking at four still. I mean, Alabama has two losses now, though. That's why they're so far down the list. But they dropped the first time, I'm saying. The first time, I think there were, what, five, five, maybe six? I could potentially see USC jumping into the four. After their win. Yeah, I think that's the clear the clear choice. I don't think there's much debate. I think it's Georgia, Michigan. If you want to debate those two, you can. But I have Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. And then I actually have Ohio State going at number five, yeah. followed by Tennessee and Alabama. I like that. I know Tennessee has been behind Alabama last week after Tennessee's second loss of the year. But Tennessee beat Alabama head-to-head. So I have Tennessee at six, Alabama at seven. Do you have a similar list, Lana? Yeah. So that's the top four after week 13. Next week, though, of course, that 13th game, the committee values so highly. It's conference championship weekend. Looking at some of these matchups, let's just go through the list and get some predictions out of you. Big Ten, third-ranked Michigan going against Purdue, who is 8-4. and four. Blowout Michigan, unfortunately. Wow, really? Michigan versus Purdue. Big Ten championship. Yeah, I feel. I'm. I don't know. I. I like Purdue. I. I'm. They might. They might have an upset. You know. I don't oh know. really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of aligning with Logan here. I think it's going to be a complete they, blowout. They might hang like blowout. 65 points on Purdue. Yeah, wow, I, that's what I'm shocked about. That you're saying it's going to be a blowout, though. That running game is absolutely unstoppable. Ohio State could not stop it. I don't, I don't know how Purdue can stop it. Yeah, and J.J. McCarthy yes. showed that he can go deep with the ball yesterday. And we didn't even mention Donovan Edwards' name. Two huge runs late in the game that completely uh, put the Buckeyes out of their misery. Michigan, I agree with Logan. They're going to be dominant in the Big Ten championship game. Next up, SEC as a fifth-ranked LSU Tigers. They were fifth-ranked. They're probably going to drop after losing to Texas A&M yesterday. But they're going to take on the number one-ranked undefeated Georgia Bulldogs. Close game, but I think Georgia comes away with it. Maybe, I think it'll be high scoring, honestly. I would give it maybe Georgia 42 to like 35. I could see it being very high scoring, but Georgia wins. Agree, Georgia. 
Yeah, I have Georgia. I don't know about high scoring. I don't think LSU is going to be able to score at will against that Georgia Bulldogs defense. I like Georgia by two, maybe three scores in the SEC championship game. Next up, ACC. Not too many implications now that Clemson is 10-2, and but they're taking on North Carolina. What do you guys think about that? Blowout again. I think that Clemson wins this one steadily, especially because it's really all they have to look forward to now because they'll play in a bowl game, but the new trend is nobody plays in bowl games, so who really cares? So this will be the only game that matters that's left for Clemson. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer. Um, not blowout. You, you, I feel like you're just saying blowout for so many games. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think North Carolina actually has a chance to win this game. Clemson's very hot and cold. Uh, I do have Clemson winning, but the Tar Heels, I think they will put up a good fight in the ACC championship game. A game that does have implications on the college football playoff, though, is the Pac-12 conference championship game as 14th-ranked Utah takes on the USC Trojans, who are 11-1, and all of us think that USC is going to get the fourth-ranked spot after this weekend's games. What do you think about that conference championship game, though? I think USC comes away with it. Caleb Williams is so hot right now and probably just secured the Heisman after that game this week. So I could see USC will be the Pac-12 champion, and they'll... Movement. They will definitely be in the playoff. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this one is probably going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do have USC winning it as well. Another game that has implications on the college football playoff is the Big 12 Conference Championship game as 12th ranked Kansas State takes on the Horned Frogs of TCU, who are undefeated. They will likely become the third ranked team in the nation after this weekend's games. What do you guys think about the Big 12 game? Also, TCU will win this one easily, I think, and they'll stick at number three in the playoff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're undefeated, so hopefully, you know, they'll take away the win. You just think every game's going to be a blowout, don't you? I didn't say this would be a blowout. I just said they win easily. I mean, easily. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. I I do think TCU will win, but I think it's going to be closer than many people think. And then, lastly, no playoff implications, but I thought it'd be fun to get a prediction the MAC championship game between Toledo, who is seven and five, and the Ohio Bobcats, who are nine and three. Quick prediction from both of you. Bobcats are rolling, man. Nobody likes any other team in the MAC besides the Zips. But if I have to make a prediction, <clears throat> excuse me, Bobcats are rolling right now. They're definitely winning in Detroit. Yeah, honestly, I don't know about this one because um, I mean they're both really good teams. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, for the sake of disagreeing with you, Logan, I'm going to go Toledo. You would. That offense is very uh, high-powered. I do like Toledo's offense. I think they're going to win over Ohio in Detroit. And last question before we go to winners and losers. Is there a path for Ohio State to win or to get into the college football playoff? Mm. USC would have to lose. TCU would have to lose, which neither of those things are going to happen. But if they were to lose, I think the only situation we could see is Ohio State gets in as a four. And honestly, if the college football playoff wants to make some money, if only if those two happens, two things happen, it will not happen any other way. If they want to make some money, bump Michigan to one, Ohio State at four, play them again. Yeah, I agree with you, but I don't think that both of those things have to happen. Really? Why is TCU and USC have to lose? Why can't it be one or the other? I just think that because even if one of them lose in their conference championship, they'll just drop one spot. But USC, if they lose, they will be a two-loss team. 
Okay. With no conference championship game, and Ohio State will be a one-loss team. And if we if we all are in agreement that USC will be fourth ranked and Ohio State will be fifth ranked, we also are not in the conference championship. They're at least in one. Yeah, but you, that shows nothing if you lose that conference championship game. Okay, that's just another loss. If anything, that's terrible on their record because that's a loss on their record. I just I do think I don't know. I'm going to stick with my opinion here. I think the only way it happens is USC and TCU both have to lose. So you think if USC loses, they don't move down at all? They just keep that number four spot? And Ohio State stuck at five? No, no, no. Because I think if TCU loses, then TCU... TCU deserves a spot no matter what. Right, even if they lose, they're a one-loss team. I think they could get that four, maybe even three spot, depending on what happens at USC. Yeah, definitely. So I think TCU, they're a lock to get in the college football playoff, regardless if they win or lose against Kansas State in the Big 12 Conference Championship game. But I'm looking at that USC game on Friday against Utah. If USC loses, I think the path is clear. You put Ohio State at number four. And like you said, if Michigan has won, we get the game twice. Man, and that would be wild. Think about it. Neutral field. In a game that has actual major implications, would after Ohio State just got smacked at home, that game would be unbelievable. I really, if the playoff is smart, money wise, interest wise, in one of the last years where it's only four teams, that is what they should do. If the cards fall the way they want them to, yeah, that would be a great direction for the college football playoff. Before we go to break, winners and losers, my favorite segment when it comes to college football. We'll start with the winners. Lana, I'll go to you first. Winner for week 13 of college football. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, really know. For uh... Logan, any winners? Winners this week? I'm going to go with South Carolina and Spencer Rattler. Second week in a row, major win over a major program. I do not like Spencer Rattler. I never liked him. I did not like him when he was at OU. I just think he's cocky, and I don't think he's that good. But he has definitely earned his flowers the past two weeks with these two major wins over Tennessee when they were ranked number five and now over Clemson. Back-to-back, definitely my winner of the week. Yeah, my winners are Caleb Williams. Of course, we mentioned his performance against Notre Dame. Three rushing touchdowns, one touchdown through the air, a game that likely secured him as the Heisman Trophy winner this season. I also have Oregon State as a winner. They were down 31-10 to in the third quarter and came back to beat Oregon 38-34. to The last three drives for the Ducks were turnovers on downs, and then the last four drives for the Beavers were all touchdowns to complete the comeback. Losers, Logan, I'll go to you. Uh, my biggest loser this week is honestly the other side of that game. I'm going to go with Clemson. I Unranked opponent, and you're ranked number eight. I don't like Clemson at all. I love seeing them lose. And Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers, you are WZIP losers. My losers, I have Ryan Day for obvious That's reasons. We one. talked about him. He might be out of a job. And then my last loser, Northern Illinois. I mean, they lost. <laughs> you know what? They lost to the one. Akron Zips. I mean, that's a good one. Come on, for losing to the one and nine, now two and nine Akron Zips, which is likely going to be the Zips' only win in MAC play. We'll see oh, what happens Zips. this Friday 
against the Buffalo Bulls. Of course, us Zips fans were optimistic as ever. Let's go get that win to end the regular season. That will do it for college football. When we return from break, we'll transition and go into the NBA, talk about some basketball-related things, power rankings, and Logan... We'll talk about your Miami Heat's loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers seven days ago. Oh, I'm set. All that and more coming up next on Sports Power Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murren. I'm the host of your show today, and I'm joined by Lana Sal for the first time on SPT. Hello. And I'm joined by my nemesis up here at WZIP Sports, the one and only oh. Mr. Heat Culture Enthusiast himself. Boo. Morning, Murren. Logan Congrove. Ooh, I like that, Lana. You hear? Boo, 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 boo. She's booing you, Logan. <laughs> I'm laughing a lot. Y'all are funny for real. Okay. I love y'all. Yeah, shall we get you. into the NBA, Logan? Yes. Right. Yes, we shall. Let's Evil get into Mr. Murray. Let's get into the NBA. Let's get into basketball. And before we talk about that Cavs win over the Heat seven days ago, let's do some early power rankings for the NBA. We have five power rankings. Each of us came up with a list, and we'll start at number five and work our way up to the best team in the NBA. Logan, I'll start with you. Who's your fifth team? So let me ask you to clarify first. Is this the whole league or are we doing this by conference? Whole league. Whole league. Absolutely first is Milwaukee. Well, we're going from five to one. Oh, well, then you guys just heard my first pick. But five, I'm honestly going to go with the Cavaliers. I really am. I know they had that skid, but they just, they're, I have faith in the Cavs this year. I'm going to go Cavs at five. Cavs at five. Lana, who's your fifth team? Um, honestly, I am going to have to go with the 76ers. I feel like you mm. know, they're pretty good. Okay, that's a surprising pick. The 76ers are a little unhealthy right now. My fifth team, I actually agree with you, Logan. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're 12-7. and seven. Oh, Donovan Mitchell's ever... <laughs> I'm honored. Really? Yeah, that was really nice. The the awe Jake just got me, man. It <laughs> got me. Good. Because it ain't going to last. Yeah, that's for sure. Very soon, it's not going to last. But Donovan Mitchell, as I was saying, is averaging 30 points per game. Darius Garland is amazing as well. I think we'd even be higher in the power rankings if Jarrett Allen and Deed Wade never miss time. Fourth team, Logan, go ahead. Four, I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Jokic is playing out of his mind again every year he does. I, I think the Nuggets are the most boring, good team of all time. I don't know how to explain it, but they're just a boring franchise that is always good, but they are my number four. Logan, they're also my number four. Aw, Jake. Nuggets are this number four. This is so nice. Is it, though? It feels very weird. It is. Yeah. I guess but it's, it's nice. nice for now. The Nuggets are second in the Western Conference, have the reigning back-to-back league MVP, like you mentioned, in Nikola Jokic, and they have five players averaging 15 or more 15 or more points per game. That is a recipe for success. Third team in the league, or Lana, what is your fourth team? I'm sorry. I think I'm probably going to agree with this one, the Nuggets. Nuggets? Yeah. Now the third team. Lana, I'll go to you first this time. Who's your third best team in the NBA? Mm, 
I'm going to say the Cavs. I'm putting them higher because I, I, I really think that, you know, just beginning of the year, they're they're still getting adjusted to things. But I, I love the Cavs. You know what I'm saying? Top three, you know, I just love them. Okay. Third team, Logan. Third team, another team that is just consistently good but consistently boring, the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and the Phoenix Suns. So my third best team in the NBA is actually your number one team in the NBA, Logan. I have the Milwaukee Bucks at number three. They okay. started the year 9-0. and They have gone 4-5 and since. They're missing Chris Middleton, but Giannis, of course, is an amazing player and has carried them to many of their wins this season. Second best team in the NBA, Logan, go ahead. This is definitely the Boston Celtics. The Celtics had so much controversy early in the season with their head coach being suspended, and it's just not seeming to affect them at all. They are 15-4 and four and 8-1 and one at home. Boston Celtics are my number two. Number two, Team Lana? I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I do not like Boston Celtics. I don't care what the rankings are or whatever. I just don't like the Boston Celtics. Um, but, you know, Phoenix Suns, I love them. I love Devin Booker, of course. And, uh, yeah, I hope that they uh, continue doing well. Yeah, I agree with you. I have the Suns at number two. They have won four in a row and six of their last ten. Chris Paul hasn't been doing much this year, but I like what I've seen from Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and others on the team as well. Number one team, I'll go first this time. I have the Boston Celtics. I'm not a fan of them either, Lana, but they are playing like they're the best team in the NBA right now. They're 15-4. and four. They've won nine of their last ten, and their four losses are to the Cavs and Bulls twice. Jason Tatum is averaging over 30 points per game, and Jalen Brown is averaging over 25 points per, points per game. I got to give the top slot to the Boston Celtics. Logan, we already know that you have the Bucks at number one. Why do you think they're the best team in the NBA right now? Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's why they're the best team in the NBA right now. Like you said, they are missing Chris Middleton right now, so that could fluctuate for me depending on his health, but I will give the Bucks the benefit of the doubt. But hey, I just wanted to let everybody know in my heart of hearts that when we are fully healthy, it will be the Miami Heat. I'm telling you right now, oh the culture is going to get us there. Once we get all these guys back, we will be a fantastic healthy team with Hemi Butler and Boy Wonder leading the charge. Yeah, Hemi Butler, the worst nickname in all of sports. False. Lana, who's your best team in the NBA right now? Um, I unfortunately agree with Logan, even though I think you should have turned off his mic when he was talking about all this Miami Heat. Fuego. No, no. No, um, I but I do agree that the the Bucks, you know, they're they're just really good. And Giannis, he played amazing against the Cavs. I mean, that was just incredible. He was just going through, you know, traffic, just dunking on people. I mean, it was it was crazy to watch. Um, unfortunately, as a Cavs fan, but I, I do like Giannis. Um, he's a great person and great player. Yeah, it's not a bad take. I do have the Celtics number one. I think they're the easy number one pick, but I do think the Suns and Bucks are right there. You could argue the Nuggets as well, but a lot of teams have a very similar record so far early on into the NBA season. A lot of games to be played, but let's get into our Cleveland Cavaliers, a segment I've been looking forward to all week long because last Sunday, Logan, you were at the arena, you were covering the event for WZIP Sports, and the Cavaliers beat the Miami Heat 113-87. to Wait. With no starters, the Miami Heat. None. Please. What do you mean, please? No. No Oladipo, no Tyler Hero, no Hemi Butler. Nothing. 
There's Bam Adebayo can't do it alone. He's a center. There's nothing. There was nothing there. There were dudes on the floor that will not see the floor the rest of the season once these guys come back. You cannot judge the Heat's roster off of that game. There was nobody playing. Nobody that mattered was on the floor in that game. None. What? Well, argue that Bam Adebayo matters, but also... He matters, but not by himself. Just like I've been saying all these years that I've been on Sports Power Talk, we need to get Jimmy help. Okay, when Jimmy isn't even on the floor, what can you expect out of them? Nothing. Nothing. So I figured this would be an excuse out excuse. of you today <laughs> on, on why yeah. the Heat lost to the Cavs. Which is why I pulled this audio from last week's show. Of course, you were hosting last week. I had a week off. And you were talking about it was the Cavs a great week of matchup to you, on the Miami Heat. And this is what you had to say seven days ago on Sports Power Talk. Culture yeah, will get us there, so okay. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's on the floor. You said it doesn't matter who's on the floor because the Heat culture. Exposed. All right, here's my comeback. Exposed. Here's my comeback. UD didn't even make the trip. And like I said, UD is the culture. So when UD's not there, and Jimmy didn't make the trip either. None of those guys... Played or made the trip. So the culture stayed in Miami. There's my backup. Oh, my gosh. So the culture isn't for the Miami Heat. The culture is a guy who's 40, year, 40 years old. It's and the, the embodiment the of the culture, Jake. I'm not doing this again. So if, if you take him off of the team, is there no Heat culture? The Heat culture definitely diminishes. I, the culture was instilled by three people, three different time periods. Alonzo Mourning. Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam. Alonzo Mourning was there when the franchise was newer. And Udonis Haslam really instilled it in 2006. And Dwayne Wade was young. And then Dwayne Wade carried it on through the big three years. And now Dwayne Wade is gone. Alonzo Mourning isn't around either. And Udonis Haslam is all that's left that really knows how to explain it. So I'll even admit, when Udonis Haslam does finally retire, the whole Heat culture thing does diminish. It will diminish because he is the guy that really instilled it. So whether he's on the floor or on the bench, it it matters. It does. Let me make sure I have this right, Logan. So last week you say, regardless of who's on the floor, the culture will get you to a win. But now you're saying since Udonis Haslam wasn't in the building... That the Heat culture that night, maybe 60% have you seen, full. Have you seen the dude on the bench? He's yelling at dudes, telling them what to do, helping them out, telling them this is, I've heard him say the words, this is the culture, we don't play like this. Yeah, maybe because their coach isn't good enough. Oh, we're not doing this, Jake. Alex Henry was sitting right next to me at that game and said, where's my favorite coach in the league, Coach Spo? And I laughed because I thought he was kidding. He goes, oh, no, I'm not kidding. I think he's the best coach in the league. And he is. But he needs a 40-year-old next to him on the bench screaming at his players to make sure the heat culture is there so that this team oh, can Jake, win some games? Jake, you just don't understand. You don't understand the, the chemistry. You don't understand how it works. You never will. Logan, Isaac everybody, everybody go on WZIP Sports Twitter right now. Scroll down slightly, and you'll see Jake Murren in a Miami Heat jersey. That has nothing to do with it's the just Heat. It's just funny up here going, oh. you chose to put that jersey on. Okay, and you are now exiled from the culture. A, You're gone. I am happy to be exiled You're from exiled. something that You're doesn't out. exist. Forever. Get out. It doesn't exist, We don't exist, want Logan. you, Murren. I don't want to be in it. Nobody <laughs> wants you. I don't want to be in this so-called made-up thing called It's not made up, Jake. You got to quit laughing over there. But you don't understand. You know what? You don't understand. You just don't. 
And you don't because you like guys, you like teams that don't care. This franchise cares. You like LeBron. Yeah, one of the best players to ever play in the National Basketball Association. LeBron James is actually sitting at home on his couch while his team is trash right now because he doesn't care. No. Didn't he just drop like 38 points last night? He's been hurt for like two weeks. (laughs) Did the Lakers win? I'm not even going to say yes or no because I didn't look. I believe they beat the Spurs yesterday. That was the game that Russell Westbrook was bloody and all that. He had the blood all over his face. Lana, quick question. He calls her real or fake? It's fake. Like, really? That's all we needed. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, all my heat no. lifers, please start tweeting. Help me out. Overall, I know y'all are out there. Isaac Okoro, Logan, had one of the best games. Against not the best game. nobody, Jake. His plus minus Against was twenty six. He had like a dude from like Serbia guarding him. That's never played in an NBA game. He started. Logan, nobody played. Nobody played. How are you going to judge that game off a bunch of G League scrubs? They literally had to call people up from the Sky Force to play. Listen, let me just say one thing, okay? Like, I think you're just sour that the Cavs won. You know what I'm saying? A, I a like win, the Cavs. A win is a win. I don't like the Cavs. <laughs> no, I'm not sour. I literally said so then, I don't actually mind if the Cavs win this game, especially because, as like I said before, nobody played. <laughs> Culture yeah. will get us there, so okay. it doesn't matter. Done. Doesn't matter. Hey. On the f- Cut it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> it's your words. Yeah, you your said it last week. I just then. said, though, the words. culture was in Miami with Udonis on his couch with his family. So you were at the arena. You were covering it for WCIP Sports. Another clip from you last Sunday. I just want to make sh- sure if this actually happened or not. Here you are last Sunday. But I will be educating all these Cavaliers people on heat culture. So were people indeed educated on heat culture? <laughs> yeah, Jake. You know what? I actually met the Heat's entire social media team, which was really cool. I was talking to all these other Heat lifers. You know, it was cool to be around my people for once. I haven't been around my people since I was in Florida this summer. So I was around my people, and everybody was asking me. I did wear my Miami Heat shirt. I took my WZIP hoodie off so I could show my Miami Heat shirt. I was shaking people's hands saying, yep, go Heat. Go Heat culture. Go Heat. I'm glad you felt like you fit in for once, but the clip (laughs) said that you're going to teach Cavs people about the culture. So I was asking, did that happen? Yeah, of course. Every single person I walked by, I was like, go Heat, go Heat, go Heat. 113-87? Nobody played, Jake. Nobody played. My next question for you, Logan. The Miami Heat are 9-11. and They're 11th in the Eastern Conference. no one playing. And you said this last week. I just want to make sure if you stand by this statement or if maybe you don't anymore. The eventual 2022 NBA champion, Ugh. Miami Heat. My favorite part of that clip <laughs> is Pat Weber in the background going, Ugh, because you're saying the Miami Heat are the eventual 2022 NBA champions. They're 11th in the Eastern Conference, Logan. With nobody playing. Yes, I stand by it 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. Culture yeah. will get us there, so okay. it doesn't matter. doesn't matter who's on the f- One last time. You're so what funny, Jake. Oh, Jake. You're Look words. at you over there being all inspirational. It's your words, man. You I know they you are. would teach people on heat culture. I did. You said the culture will get you to a 2022 NBA title. Hey, we're um we're 20 games into the season. This is an 82-game season, and then you have nobody playing. Himmy's not playing. Boy Wonder's not playing. Get out of here with Himmy. He's him. I'm telling you. That is the worst nickname in all of sports. No. 
Yes. No. Worse than Danny Dimes, and I hate that nickname. No. Yes. No. It's the best. Lana, tiebreaker. I, um, first thing about the Hemi buckets, like, like I prefer. No, I think I like Jimmy. I just say Jimmy Buckets. Like Hemi. That's a good nickname too. That's yeah. a good one. But I like Hemi. Yeah, Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, Jimmy bad. Buckets. That sounds him. way better. But you're gonna call him Hemi? Him. He's yeah. Hemi. Yeah, that's He's weird. Him. He's Hemi. Him. That whole thing. I don't even like that whole thing. It, people. I heard it from Pat a lot on last week's show, saying, "Oh yeah, this player is him. That player is him. That player is." Him. Like, what are you talking about? There's no... He's him. There's no background. There's no evidence saying that player is him. He is. And now you're just going to change the J to an H and call Jimmy Butler... Jimmy Butler. Hemi. Hemi. We need Hemi. a... We need some, like, two around the ruse this week. I we love you, him. Put a pull out. I love you, Hemi. Please get healthy soon. Please. Do you know his timetable for a return? No, they haven't announced it, which is unfortunate, but... When he comes back, when him comes back, I'm telling you, yes, this team still wins the NBA championship over anybody. Over the Boston Celtics, yes. about four losses. Yep. Over the Cleveland Cavaliers, who no, won. Not making it there. Uh, what was the score? Yeah, one thirteen to eighty seven. <laughs> um, just want to get that right. Let me just uh, get it right. Who played? Can you actually? You know what? Could you please look up and read me the Heat starting lineup that night? I just I'm curious to hear you say these names and see if you even heard them. Because I, I know them, but you don't. I guarantee it. Go to that game, and I want you to read who started in that game other than Bam Adebayo. And let me know when you get to it, Jake. Because I guarantee you don't know any of these people. None. So Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, okay. Max Struess, uh, Nikola Jovic, if that's how you pronounce that name. Yep. And then last one is Caleb Martin. Okay, Caleb Martin, G League scrub. He, scored, he was your second highest scorer. He scored seventeen. That's seven, my point. That's my point. 12. That's my point, Jake. <laughs> That's my point. Jovic, first round pick this year, not even getting a lot of minutes, and he was supposed to be traded when he got picked. I didn't even know who the dude was, and some people just call him like Jokic. Nobody even knew he was good. Kyle Lowry is so at the back end of his career. Yes, he's a starter, but I would give Kyle Lowry up for a bag of chips as a Heat fan. Two for ten that night? Exactly. I would give him up for a bag of chips. And who was the other one you said? I didn't even... Struess? He's being a scrub this year. He's not even a, he's not a normal starter either, off the bench. He definitely contributes more than some of the other guys, but again, did nothing worthy in that game. It sounds like you're just calling a lot of players on your favorite team scrubs. Because here's That's the thing, Jake. Next yeah. week, when Hemi and Boy Wonder come back, these dudes are going back to the G League. They're going back to the Sky Force. Seahawks Falls. But what this also sounds to me is that the Miami here are not a very deep team. They don't need to be when the starters play, bro. It's all they don't need to be, but a, a couple months ago, you were screaming on these airwaves, Get Jimmy help! We get do help. need to get Jimmy help. But doesn't that you involve know depth? Here's my proposition. The Nets hate Kyrie Irving, right? I hate Kyle Lowry. Trade Struess and Kyle Lowry and whatever stupid draft pick they want, go get Kyrie Irving. You're advocating for a Kyrie Irving on your team? I He's a good basketball player. I don't care what his... Well, I, I don't really agree with his political beliefs, but he is a good basketball player. But don't you not like Kyrie? I don't like Kyrie, but the second The he same comes, reasons you don't like LeBron James? The second James? homie moves into the heat culture, then you win my fan, brother. I'm telling you right now. I hated that statement so much. Lana, what do you think about the Miami Heat? Do they have any chance 
at the 2022 NBA title? Um, I mean, they have some some good players. I will admit that. Okay. However, All right. You know what? Whatever you say from here on out, I'm going to shake your hand right now. I'll take it. I don't know I'm about air, that. I'm air shaking your hand. I'll take whatever but, you say from here on out just because you said that. But um, I I still am rooting for the Cavs to win. Like I, I'm and I'm not a rooting against the Cavs. I'm not and through. I'm not against that either. But if the Cavs and the Heat were in the Eastern Conference Finals, ooh, you're going with the Heat. Absolutely, hundred percent. I'm going with the Cavs. If and I hope that's the. I definitely would be I going with the Cavs. I mean, excuse me, the Heat. Yeah, because I w- <laughs> think about it. Think Exposed. about it. No, think about it. If I thought any other way, I would have worn a Cavs shirt to that game. But I wore my Heat shirt because. I support my guys. I support my fam and my culture. Yeah. As a credentialed media, you wore a Miami Heat shirt. Alex wore a Cavs shirt. It was under the WZIP hoodie. So well, okay, Jake. I wore my WZIP hoodie for things that mattered. In the press conference, I wore it. In the pictures we took, I wore it. In the videos we took for our Twitter, I wore it. But then when it got a little, you know, it just got hot in the arena. I just had to take my hoodie off, you yeah. know. I believe you asked one of the best players in that game, Isaac Okoro, a question because he, he just played so well against the Miami Heat that you had to ask him a question afterwards, right? We, you're telling me you get in a room as a media member and you're not asking a question even if you don't like the team? I would no, ask I any, am. I would ask any but, Pittsburgh Steelers player a question if I was ever credentialed by the Steelers. I would, I'd ask any of them a, a real question. I'm not criticizing the fact that you asked him a question. I was just saying that you asked him a question because he was just so good that night we against didn't even, the Miami Heat. Dude, we didn't even know who was going to be in the press conference. We wrote generic questions because they didn't tell us. I, don't know. I had no idea. Which, to Alex's point, of course, the night where we get a chance to ask questions, the two dudes out of all the guys on the Cavs that balled out are Jetty Osmond and Isaac Okoro. That was the point I was trying to make, that those two dudes balled out against your Miami Heat. But you're missing my point now. Out of all the dudes as a media member that you'd want to ask questions to, that is who was in the room. Alex looked at me and was like, oh, man. What's wrong with Jetty? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, but it's, I love Jetty. Would you rather oh ask Jetty Osmond a question or would you rather ask Donovan Mitchell a question? Jetty Osmond. All right, you're done. <laughs> you're done. All right. You're done. I'm, I'm looking at my phone now. Jetty Osmond. I, I oh, love it looks Jetty. like we're getting close Jetty. to break, Jake. We still got a few minutes. We can talk more about how the Miami Heat are not going to be we are. the 2022 NBA champions. Yeah, agreed. A few other games for the Cavs this week, though. We beat the Hawks 114-102, to beat the Trailblazers 114-96 to before falling to the Milwaukee Bucks on the road 117-102. to The Cavs are now 12-7 and and third in the Eastern Conference. This upcoming week, we play at Detroit, who are 5-16, and at Toronto, who are 10-9, and trying to get that... That rival or the redemption for the first game of the season where the Cavs lost 108 to 105. And then we finished the week at home against the 76ers in the Orlando Magic. Four games on the slate for this week for the Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you guys make of those matchups? You know, I've talked enough. Why don't I go ahead? I need to decompress. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm hoping that the Cavs, you know, get it started again, their, like, winning streak, because I'm pretty sure they were on a four-game winning streak before, unfortunately, losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. So um, I'm hoping we could get back at it, and um, it's looking like we can with these games. I feel like it's definitely winnable, and um, just some good competitive games. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a good week for the Cavs. Hopefully, Jarrett Allen is healthy enough to play. Of course, he injured his right hip, I believe. It was in that Milwaukee Bucks game in the first quarter. Hopefully, he'll be healthy. He makes a huge difference when he's on the floor. And then Cavs against Detroit, Toronto, Philly, and Orlando. I do like those matchups. Uh, Philadelphia and the 76ers are the toughest matchup, in my opinion, but they are injured right now. So hopefully the Cavs can go 4-0 this week, and we'll talk about that next week on Sports Power Talk. As Logan alluded to, though, it's time for us to head to break. When we return, the World Cup is going crazy right now. We'll talk about that before we get in to your hot mic questions where we answer all of your questions left for us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. You won't want to miss it. It's coming up next on 881 WZIP. again everyone and welcome back to the best sports talk show there is was and ever will be this is sports power talk live from the university of akron my name is jake murin i'm the host of your show today and i'm joined by lana sal hello hello and unfortunately the man i own every single time we talk on these airwaves it is Logan Congrove. Hey, after that segment, do you need to extend your headphones just a little bit? Your head got a little bit big. I think you might need to probably adjust that. Eh, we'll see how it goes throughout the remainder of the show. Yeah, I, I still have, you know, like a balloon over I still there, have about 54 minutes of uh, owning you to do. Yep, and that's 54 minutes that your headset's just going to keep on growing. Keep on growing. Well, before... And growing. <laughs> before we get into hot mic where we answer all of your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports, I'd actually like to turn it over to you for a couple of minutes, Logan, for a World Cup preview or World Cup recap. I'm sure many of you know and are aware that the 2022 FIFA World Cup is taking place right now in Qatar. And Logan was one half of a podcast released last week previewing the event. We're now a week in, Logan, so please inform the listeners of the action in this year's World Cup. You got it, Jake. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all of the games that have been played and do a few notes on some of the more major ones. Obviously, the opening game was between Qatar and Ecuador. Qatar did lose 2-0, to which they are the only host team, host country to lose their opener ever in World Cup history. Then following the next day, we had USA versus Wales. They did tie one-to-one. The refereeing was awful in this game from the United States. U.S. came away with a quick goal, and then Wales came away with another one to tie it. Unfortunately for the U.S., that did end in the draw. England and Iran. England blew out Iran 6-2. to Senegal and the Netherlands. Netherlands came away with a 2-0 to win. Moving on to Tuesday, we had Saudi Arabia and Argentina. This was one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Saudi Arabia coming away with a 2-1 to win over Lionel Messi's Argentina, which this is seriously one of the biggest World Cup upsets of all time. Sorry to interrupt you, but that game, Saudi Arabia, I saw that all of their players were awarded a Rolls Royce after that. Yes, and they uh, they made that game. Think, And this is in, I know you don't know much about soccer, this is in the group stage, which means nothing yet. It literally means nothing yet. And Saudi Arabia declared this a national holiday. That's how big of an upset this game was. That's wild. Keep going. Argentina has not lost their opener since 1930. That was the first World Cup of all time. But Argentina's still in the mix of things. Yeah, yeah. I'll get into it. But 
Moving on, we had a 0-0 draw between Denmark and Tunisia. Then Mexico and Poland, also a 0-0 tie. France, who is my World Cup favorite, won 4-1 over Australia. Then moving on to Wednesday, Morocco and Croatia, 0-0 tie. Japan wins 2-1 over Germany. Another huge upset there, as Germany is one of the stronger teams in the World Cup. Spain beats Costa Rica 7-0. Not a big upset here. Spain is also a very strong team this year. Belgium beats Canada 1-0. Moving on to Thursday, Switzerland beats Cameroon 1-0. Uruguay beats or Uruguay ties South Korea 0-0. Portugal with a 3-2 win over Ghana. That is a big showing from Cristiano Ronaldo, also a World Cup favorite. And probably second to France as World Cup favorites is Brazil. They won 2-0 over Serbia. Moving on to Friday, your United States men's national team tied England 0-0. And although this was a tie, this was a very strong showing from the United States. The U.S., has never actually lost to England. And England is a really, really strong competitor every year. And this has major implications for the U.S., which I'll get into after I finish all the games. But yes, the U.S. tied 0-0 here. Iran beats Wales 2-0, which also has implications for the U.S. And Qatar loses again to Senegal 3-1, which eliminates Qatar. They're the first team out. So not only are they the first team to lose their opener in their home World Cup, they are the first team to ever be eliminated first while hosting the World Cup. And then Netherlands and Ecuador tied 1-1. to Saturday, yesterday, obviously we had Australia and Tennessee. Australia wins 1-0. to Poland beats Saudi Arabia 2-0. to So the upset momentum did not move forward for Saudi Arabia. France beats Denmark 2-1, to a good win for them. And Argentina beats Mexico 2-0, to which eliminates Mexico effectively. Right now, as we speak, we have Croatia and Canada playing in the 46th minute. Croatia is up 2-1 to over Canada. And Costa Rica this morning did beat Japan 1-0. to If that tells you how much of an upset Japan over Germany really was. That tells you right there. And then Morocco beat beat Belgium 2-0 as another game this morning. And later today at 2 p.m. we have Spain and Germany. A huge matchup for this group stages. That is all the group stages that have been played or are being played so far. And then, as I said, I'll talk about the United States men's national team. They did draw to Wales. They drew to England. So essentially, the United States must win versus Iran or they are out. They cannot tie. They cannot lose. They have to win. If they win, they advance to the next round, the round of 16. If they lose or tie, the United States are done. They are sent home from Qatar. Interesting analysis there from the World Cup. Talking about Qatar, you mentioned how they were the first home country to lose in their first game in the group stage, and then they lose again, so they're out. Was that kind of expected out out of Qatar, or were they actually expected to win some of these matches? No, it was expected. Qatar is not a very strong soccer country. It was actually quite the mind-blowing decision that Qatar was even chosen to host the World Cup, so I'm in no way surprised that Qatar is out this early. And then the United States and England game. I actually watched that game. The first soccer game I've watched in years. It was it was on the TV at work, so I watched it. Okay, well That's you had my you had my what's the word? I don't respect. even know. You had my respect there for a minute, but then you lost it. But I was watching it like pretty intently at moments. I okay. was kind of getting excited. So you got about fifty percent of my respect then. Okay, that works. But I was kind of getting excited at moments, but then you look back at it. Zero zero nil nil draw like yes but as a I could see it you as a casual that does not watch soccer and that's not even an insult there's a lot of people that are watching the World Cup right well, now that are just I casuals. think there's people that are like casuals and are all on the hype train of the USA men's national team or like 
go out there, go World Cup, go USA. But then I'm in a different boat where I don't really care. But if the USA wins, I'll be like, okay, cool. That's the boat. Okay, I'm in. and yeah, that's there's there's people that watch soccer. There's people like me that actually watch soccer. There's people like Lana that watch soccer. Then Lana, true or false? You I, said, and, we, and you better not have been lying to me the other day in the director's room when you said you did. I, I didn't tell you that. Oh, I just said I'm, I am. I like watching. Like I like. She's scared. She's scared like now because it's her first SPT it. and she already got caught in a lie. <laughs> no, no, a no, lie no. that was said off air. So doesn't I don't matter. believe it. Doesn't matter. I, I said that I watch it like here and there. You know what I'm saying? I I'm, I don't like. So then let me correct me. my opinion. Then you're one of the people that I would put in the middle. There's people like me that watch it all the time. There's casuals that pay attention when bigger games are on. And then there's people like Jake who are total losers and never watch ever. <laughs> no, I don't. Jake isn't a loser. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Lana? No, oh. Logan, I mean. Just reference last segment and you'll know exactly what Logan is. Hey, we're talking about soccer here, okay? <laughs> yeah, that we are. Okay, yeah. So, USA-England, though, back to that match. I mean, nil-nil tie, draw. Who was who won that game? The I know US. it was nil-nil, absolutely the U.S. But the U.S. were yes. the the England, not the actual winners, but the, right. you know the U.S. played. The, by the way, the U.S. is one of the youngest teams in the World Cup. So if they were to not be successful this year, they will definitely be successful as in the next four years as these guys grow. But the U.S. outplayed England so hard in this game, which like you you don't know. I can't really explain it to you, but I'll do my best. When a team is outplaying somebody in soccer, whether the score shows it or not, it's all based on their energy. It's You can see it in their tempo of play. And to me, it looked like England just sat back on their heels the whole time because they thought that they had to win. England and Harry Kane are a very strong country. And they probably said, oh, these U.S. guys, they're young and they haven't won yet. So England sat back on their heels, and it definitely showed. The U.S. had, uh, there was only three shots on goal the whole game that were considered shots on goal, which for you, a shot on goal, it has to be in the vicinity of the goal. Like People can rip shots off from wherever, but it won't count as a shot on goal. Yeah, unless I know the it, one from Pulisic hit off the crossbar. That was considered yeah. a shot on goal. But if you're shooting from like midfield that goes wide, it's not. It has to have a chance to score to be considered a shot on goal. And there was three shots on goal the whole game, and two of them were on the U.S. side. And the U.S. had two of the better... They had two chances that were better than England's one to score. Although they did not put it in the back of the net, the U.S. clearly outplayed England in this matchup. And I think they can outplay Iran. I really do. See, when I hear 90-minute soccer game, nil-nil draw, three shots on goal combined for both teams, I think of a snooze fest, man. Yeah, if you're not a soccer fan, and you're going to think I'm taking this straight from my heat culture takes. If you're not a soccer fan, you're not really going to understand that it was an interesting game. So I actually understand that because I was talking about that to Sava, the DJ, before Sports Power Talk, and he pretty much said the same thing. He even said that soccer was better than football, which is a ridiculous mm-hmm. statement. And then he was talking about I mean, about I follow how, soccer pretty heavily, and I still wouldn't say that. Yeah, and then he, was, he said soccer culture that I just wouldn't understand. Pretty much exactly and what you say about the Heat. I don't know if I would say culture, but I would definitely say that... I've grown up, I literally have grown up as a soccer person. My dad coaches soccer at Hudson High School. I He coached when I was little at Walsh. And I've literally, quite literally grown up watching, and I played up until eighth grade. I was just terrible, so I quit and decided to keep watching. Of course you were. And, yeah, okay. I will, you know what, I'll make fun of myself, Jake. I was, my dad was a goalie. He had a college scholarship at Florida Southern. 
and he won a state championship in high school. He was a starting goalie. So I decided I wanted to play goalie, and I was like, oh, my dad can help me. Um, even my dad told me that he cannot help me anymore. I got 28 goals scored on me in one game, and I quit. 28? Right yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm- Granted, it was an ECNL, which if you don't know what that is, ECNL is like top tier, whatever level you're at, middle school, high school, top tier players like could get Division One scholarships. It was an ECNL team playing up against my little Stowe soccer club team that was just playing for fun. But That's 28 goals is still pretty bad. And it's a record. It's a league record. So everybody, run the applause. I set a league record. In the worst way possible. Yes, I did set a league record. Back but, to the yes. world. Last question on the World Cup. Uh, United States, Iran, Tuesday, I think 1 o'clock. What do you make of that matchup? Is it a match that the United States can win? It is definitely a match that the United States can win. But it's a matter of are they going to come out to play? And are we going to make the correct substitutions? Which that's a big thing. Another key difference from high school and college soccer is substitutions. You can make substitutions whenever you feel like it at those levels. In world soccer, you can only make, I think, three a game. So most teams tend to save those subs until the end of the game. Which, if you're a coach, that means your subs better be correct because you can't pull them back off. So you, the United States is going to have to really pay attention. They have not gotten DeAndre Yedlin from the University of Akron in at all. In the whole, in all, all, both of their games they've played so far, they have not gotten DeAndre Yedlin. That is a substitution that should absolutely be considered. I don't know why he hasn't been, but Greg Berhalter has to make the correct substitutions in crucial moments for the U.S. to come away with this. All right, well, that'll do it for the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar analysis here on Sports Power Talk. Hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully the United States can pick up a win against Iran on Tuesday in advance to the round of 16, I believe it's called. Yes. All right, yeah. We'll root the United States on Tuesday, but until then, now we transition to Hot Mike, where we answer your questions on Twitter at WZIP Sports every single week. It's your opportunity to get involved in the show every week on SBT, and this week we start with Matt Kapler as he asks, what does the QB battle look like during the offseason for the Zips? I don't think there's much of a QB battle, to be honest. It'll depend on the recruits we pull in, if Joe Moorhead is able to get some guys coming in, but I think DJ Iron still retains his job next season. Shout out to the Klingdom. Nice job listening, Matt and all the boys. What do you think about the potential QB battle, Lana? Um, I agree. I, I really like DJ Irons. Um, like I said earlier, he has really good stats, and I hope he can continue it on to next season. If anything, I think it's going to be a battle. I think DJ Irons will win, but I'm glad that that battle will actually happen. It will exist. It'll push DJ Irons to be a better football player, which ultimately is what these QB battles in the offseason are all about. So I do think DJ Irons is going to win the battle, but... Hopefully it will push him further in his career. Matt Kapler also asks, how tough will it be for men's basketball to repeat last year's championship because of how strong the Mac looks thus far? In parentheses, he puts number two, Houston held off Kent 49 to 44. Ooh, I think it'll definitely be more difficult for the Zips and it's kind of showing early, but I still think we have a very strong team and our head coach knows what he's doing in John Gross. I think... I could see potentially down the line it kind of being neck and neck between Akron and the Ratbirds down the street. So 
Oh, yeah, that's tough. I would say it would definitely be more difficult, especially because I know we're starting to get over it now, but we still don't have Ali Ali, which is a big loss for the Zips. So more difficult, but still doable. I agree. Um, I know you were talking about that we no longer have Ali Ali. However, Xavier Castaneda, he's really been stepping up, and I hope he can continue that. And then same thing, Enrique, he was a really big um, factor for like last year, and I hope he can just continue um, having good performances like that. And uh, hopefully they could bounce back from some of the losses that we had in our recent games. Yeah, I agree, and that's well said, Lana. Uh, Xavier Castaneda has stepped up in scoring, but last year, if you look at it, it was Xavier Castaneda, Enrique Freeman, and Ali Ali. This year, it's Xavier Castaneda, Enrique Freeman, and that third man is kind of lost right now. I think Trendon Hankerson, I think Sammy Hunter, those two guys especially, have to step up. They're not playing well. They're not shooting the ball well, especially. They have to improve, potentially create that third man role on this team and then we have a shot but right now I'm in no way saying that the Zips are out of the race in terms of the Mid-American Conference title this year. Hopefully we'll be able to get it from the Electric Chickens known as Kent State. Next up Jake Marina Goats asked this question is for Lana in honor of her first show. What got you into WZIP? Um, So I heard about WZIP because uh, uh, I had family and friends that went to the University of Akron. Some went to law school here and some uh, went here for undergrad. And they said, oh, you know, there's a really good radio station that they have that's student operated. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. So I have to go check it out. So I DJed last year for some of you guys that um, might might remember me from last year. I DJed. Unfortunately, you know, my school schedule is really busy now taking classes like physics, OCHEM, and genetics so you know um however now i'm really happy i can be a part of the sports power talk team and yeah really had some really good opportunities and um meeting some great people including some great alumni as well hey jake marinago we heard you're sick man rest up king <laughs> yeah. Love you, Jake Marinago. I don't love you, but rest up, King. Yes. Oh, rest up, gosh. King. And that's a great story, Lana. We're happy to have you here at WZIP Sports on the program on Sports Power Talk. Jake Marinago has a statement, not really a question. He just says, follow me, Logan. Oh, man, as, I know you're sick, but you just got to do some work, man. What if that's the cure? What if just a quick tap of the button for a follow and it is 103-degree temperature will go down. My finger kind of hurts today. I just don't think I can do that, unfortunately. It's okay, Jake Marinago. You don't want a loser like him like following you. It's fine. All right. Ooh, he clearly wants it very bad if you view his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's true. quite literally his pinned tweet, and I'm his entire bio of how many days he's been nice to me, which last I checked wasn't updated. It should be dropped back down to zero, but... I'll let it slide because you're coughing. Two more things from Jake Murdigo. He says, who would win in a fight if everyone in WZIP went free-for-all, excluding Jake Murin because he is, he's too OP? Alex Henry. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. What do you think, Lana? Uh, yeah, I mean, Alex is crazy. I don't know. Depending on the state of Pat Weber and Marcus oh. Anderson. Oh, oh, yeah, the state of Pat the Weber. The state of Pat Weber does matter. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I mean, they might have a chance, but Alex Henry... I can see Pat Weber just screaming, screaming, <laughs> just pounding. Well, that's a sound effect. 
Yeah, I think they could have a chance, but I'm going to give it to Alex Henry. I, I agree with you there, Logan. Last thing from Jake Murnigo. I know by the time this will be answered, it will be a little past Thanksgiving, but what are you thankful for? A little sentimental question here. I'm thankful for WZIP. I'm thankful for my friends up here. Jake, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Jake Murn. Likewise. I'm, I'm very thankful for my soccer team, Walsh Jesuit, and I'm very thankful for my family. And I'm thankful for the life that I currently live and the opportunities I've been given. Well said, Logan. What are you thankful for, Lana? Friends and family, of course. And, uh, yeah, being here with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Echo the sentiment of you guys. I am thankful for my family at home. I'm thankful for uh, my friends, my girlfriend, my opportunities to work in this field and be up here hosting this show most Sundays, being on Sports Power Talk, doing what I do at WZIP and other stations. It truly means a lot to me. Sometimes I feel like I take it for granted. But, of course, Thanksgiving is a holiday where you look back, you say what you're thankful for. And, yeah, I am truly grateful and thankful for a lot of things in my life. Uh, next up on Hot Mike, Dan Groen, WZIP sports member, asks, when does Christmas season officially start Dan says, I always say as soon as Thanksgiving ends. The literal minute that Thanksgiving ends. I'm getting, I am getting. haven't had time to do it the past two days because I'm unfortunately a retail employee. If you shopped at Ralph Lauren in the past three days, please don't speak to me. But I'm going to put my Christmas tree up the literal second I get home. I'm going to go watch a Browns game. I'm going to put the Christmas tree up, and I'm going to have a good time because I'm going to try and enjoy myself and maybe look away from the TV a lot. Yeah, I feel like you should put the Christmas tree up in front of the, tea, of the, of the, of the TV so it covers it. But, yeah. What do you think, Lana? Yeah, I agree. Um, I always hate it when people, like, rush in the holiday season, you know. So I, I like it when as soon as, as soon as it's after Thanksgiving, though, that then you could put all your Christmas stuff and then listening to Christmas music, all that, um, after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas music, but I do understand. I know it starts the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, my family, sometimes we even decorate on Thanksgiving or at least bring up the decorations. It's a good time on Thanksgiving. As soon as, you know, the feast is over, we go home. It's just us. We bring up the decorations. That's usually what it uh, what happens on Thanksgiving. You guys know when Alex Henry starts uh, Christmas, when his holiday season begins? Do you guys know? No. He starts the Christmas holiday the day after Halloween. Ooh. That's way too early. Ooh. He said he is jamming out to Jingle Bells while he's bringing in his Halloween decorations. That's terrible. Yeah. Hey, you know what's crazy how you bring up Christmas music? Like I said, I work in retail. And normally, I hate Christmas music by the point that it's over. Oh, yeah. They didn't play it for Black Friday. It was great. No Christmas music, just normal music. And my statement to all of you, from now on... The day after Thanksgiving, a day where we spend a whole day talking about what we're thankful for, why do you psychopaths go out and just scream at people about getting more things? I get it. It's a cool thing, Black Friday. But please be nice, man. Just be nice. It's so bad. I agree with you. As a former retail worker myself, Logan, I have had those experiences. I agree with you. And where I used to work, I mean, Christmas music was playing right about after it normally is for us too i was surprised it wasn't i feel like that's the reason why i'm so against christmas music oh and we even play it at the station i see drummer boy by justin bieber in the playlist right now yeah i mean buchanan we need to talk i like the music (laughs) well that's you 
to a point. Have you worked in retail, Anna? No, nah, but, yeah. Work a holiday season in retail, and then you will quickly hate Christmas music. Yeah. I guarantee it. It's the same four songs, all remixes of all four songs yeah. for hours on end. Jingle Bells goes hard. Jingle Bell Rock goes even harder. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Jake Murren smells, <laughs> and he doesn't want to talk. Oh, you kind of <laughs> rhymed there. Okay. Why are you getting him props? That was terrible. <laughs> It might be the worst thing ever said on Sports Power Talk <laughs> in its history of being on air, Logan. You proud of that? Yep, and I'm no longer thankful for you. Okay, same here. <laughs> I'm not thankful for you either. Next up in Hot Mike, Akron Echo asks, with soccer now in the Big East, do you think we may get to see some occasional Big East basketball teams in the jar? No. If we play a Big East team, it'll be there. I don't think. But I liked Pat Weber's take last week that eventually – I could see all Zips Athletics moving to the Big East and football goes independent like some other schools. I actually agreed with Matt last week saying that you can't have sports in different conferences and that it doesn't really make sense for any of our teams to go independent. We're the ones that need money. So I agree that if we do play Big East teams, we'll likely go to Big East schools. And I don't think there's a correlation there that Akron Echo might think there is between the soccer and uh, basketball, or yeah, the soccer and basketball program. Next up for Hot Mike, though, we'll go to Matt Premuka. He has two questions. What's your favorite memory for the game? We'll answer that one first. Favorite memory from the game, and now, obviously, of course, it was not this past uh, Saturday's game, but what else? Dude, my mouth just dropped. Got breaking. some fat breaking news. What's up? Per Bleacher Report. Lionel Messi, the greatest soccer player in the entire country right now. Lionel Messi in Inter-Miami of the MLS, which for those of you who don't know, is in America. Inter-Miami are nearing a deal to make the Argentine the highest paid player in soccer history. He will join David Beckham's side following the conclusion of his European season with Paris Saint-Germain. Lionel Messi is coming to the United States to play soccer. Wow. That's kind of cool. It's big because that's going to draw even more talent to the MLS and the United States. Yeah. That is big. I'm more of a soccer outsider, but I do kind of understand the importance of that. Is he just going to run through like the competition, though? Oh, that team will be the best team by far. Yeah. And I'm, there's been rumors that Neymar is going to come with him. Generally, older players tend to come over at the end of their career, but Messi is not. Like, he's near the end of his career, but not like some others. He is still such a high-level player. Yep. But I won't get too much into it. That's very good for American soccer. Yeah, that's huge news coming out of uh, Sports Power Talk and the MLS with Lionel Messi. Going back to Hot Mike, though, what's your favorite memory from the game? None of them. Yeah, like, there's... You don't have a lost. favorite memory? From, lost, right? from like, the, like, of all time. Oh, from God. the game. Oh, I thought you meant yesterday. I was like, no. none? Um... I went to the game the year they... I forget what year they blew them out. It was like 2013, 14, something. They really blew them out one year. Devin Gardner was the Michigan quarterback. And that game was super fun. I, My dad and I... My dad made a fake Brutus Buckeye costume, which I'll tweet a picture of it after the show for any of you that really care. And I wore it to that game. They thought I was Brutus. I got let in for free. They thought I was Brutus, and they thought my dad was my handler. I got into that game, signed autographs, and took pictures because it looked so realistic that they thought I was Brutus. That's I got cool. on the field, 
took a picture with the real Brutus, and that's when people were like, it's not Brutus, but I got to stay. <laughs> well, it was that's sick. Good. That's good. I'm glad for uh, little Logan Congrove in his Brutus costume. Lana, do you have a favorite memory from the game? Uh, not particularly. I don't have any moments like that. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite memory. Just, you know, growing up, obviously, Ohio State has always been dominant over Michigan. Now I feel like the rivalry is renewed, which is kind of interesting. But, of course, you want the Buckeyes to be coming out on top with those wins. Next question from Matt Permuka. Uh, who would win in a UFC fight, Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day? Alex Henry comments saying Ryan Day 100%, but he's not on the air. So what do you guys think? Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, he looks like a slug. <laughs> a literal slug. A literal slug. Yep. Lana, who wins in a UFC fight? Ryan Day, John Harbaugh. Ryan John Day. Harbaugh? You mean Jim? Jim Harbaugh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Excuse yeah, yeah. Me. <laughs> Ryan probably, Day. You're probably a Team Up North fan. Because <laughs> I messed up his first name with his brother? Yeah. That makes me a team up north fan. Yep, you're uneducated. No. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Ryan Day is winning that UFC fight. Last person asking questions, Zachary Stratton. After yesterday's loss, makes it back-to-back losses for Ohio State to Michigan. Is it safe to say that the tide has turned in the game? No, I wouldn't say the tide has turned, but I definitely think that it's more of an interesting game now. Which, do I like that it's Michigan winning? No. But do I like that the game is at all interesting? Yeah. I agree with that, but I do think the tide has turned. I think right now you can confidently say that Michigan is the better football program right now than Ohio State. We're talking about Ryan Day potentially being fired. I think the tide has turned. What do you think, Lana? Um, it's just I know it's an important game, but it's it's one game. Like I I still think OSU is a dominant football team and you know, hopefully they can figure it out. Now, and quickly, before we go to break, last question for Hot Mike. Zachary asks, what needs to happen for the Browns to make the playoffs? Is it even possible at this point? Um, We need Jesus Christ to come out from the cross again and physically come to Cleveland Browns Stadium, touch every single player on the roster, touch their helmet, tell them good luck, and then the Browns will go out there and maybe still make the playoffs. Agreed. From a realistic standpoint, Logan, I think we have to win literally every single game and then maybe get some luck other places as well to make the playoffs. It's always next year. That's the motto for the Cleveland Browns. I think that's what we're running with. Once again, we're going to head to break. When we come back, last segment for Sports Power Talk, we'll transition to the NFL, talk about some Thanksgiving games, have our around the room question, which has been a debate up here at WZIP Sports for three years now. And then we'll talk Browns, Buccaneers, do our NFL pickums before today's slate of games. All that and more coming up next on Sports Power Talk. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the final segment of today's Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murren. I am joined by Lana Sal. Hello. And by <laughs> Logan Congrove. What up? Flight team stand up. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you the way you are? Because I'm him. Of course. <laughs> of course you say that. I could not have rolled my eyes any further back into my own skull. Let's get into the NFL. We'll do around the room very shortly. We'll do NFL pickums very shortly and talk about the Browns and Buccaneers. But 
some news this week out of the NFL. Zach Wilson and Davis Mills were both benched on their respective teams. Zach Wilson was 5 and 2 as a starter this year with both losses to New England, but 8 and 12 as a starter in his career. This came after the Jets 10 to 3 loss to the Patriots last Sunday when Wilson did not take accountability for letting his defense down. The Jets will turn to Mike White this week against the Bears and Davis Mills. Good old Davis Mills. Oh Dan. So many people up here thought he was the next Tom Brady. Texans are 1-8-1 and this season, and Mills has a 3-19-1 record in his career. Mills has also thrown for 11 touchdowns and 11 interceptions this season. Kyle Allen, who has 24 career TDs and 17 career interceptions, will start for the Texans today against the Dolphins. What were you guys' reactions to the benching of both? Zach Wilson and Davis Mills. Davis Mills is absolutely deserved. Dude is not good. We've been saying this for years, Jake. It's one of the only things that we agree on that Davis Mills is a scrub. Always has been a scrub. Always will be a scrub. Tyrod Taylor effect, man. Yep. Just didn't work out. Absolutely. And the Zach Wilson thing, I totally agree with the benching. And he must have said something that really made his teammates <laughs> mad because the dude was 5-2 and two as a starter. He must have said something that we don't know about. I know his press conference was shaky, but he must have said something that really may have lost the locker room for him to be benched like that. What do you think, Lana? Yeah, I'm shocked about the Zach Wilson uh, thing because I feel like with him, uh, a lot of expectations are up, you know, that he's like, you know, really good quarterback. So, yeah, shocked. Yeah, I was surprised by the Zach Wilson news. Davis Mills, not surprised at all. 319-1 as a starter is not going to cut it in the NFL. I'm sorry, Dan, but the Tyrod Taylor effect just did not work out this time. And Zach Wilson, I think if he doesn't start another game for the Jets, he might find success elsewhere. But it is kind of a surprising move after starting the year 5-2 and two for the Jets. With both losses, like I said, to the Patriots. Let's talk about some of the Thanksgiving football games, though. Of course, the Bills beat the Lions 28-25. The Giants fell to the Cowboys 28-20. And then the Vikings beat the Patriots 33-26. Three biggest takeaways from the Thanksgiving games. Logan, go ahead. My first takeaway is Justin Jefferson is, in fact, him. Justin Jefferson is can you just phrase. say can't you just say he's good? Justin yeah. Jefferson is him. There's no doubt about it. Justin Jefferson is oh such an gosh. impact player and he's making Kirk Cousins look like an NFL Hall of Famer, which we know he's not. He's playing fantastic right now, but Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback with a fantastic team around him right now. Which that is, was yeah, good. Which is how the Browns honestly were. Man, that irks me to say because I dislike Baker Mayfield, but it reminds me of that. Yeah, that not record wise. Biggest takeaways as well from the Thanksgiving football slate of games. Justin Jefferson, I am comfortably say saying it. he's the best wide receiver in the league. For sure. I'm not going to say he's him because there's no substance to that. He's him. I'm going to say he's, he's the best wide receiver in the league. Nine catches, 139 yards, one touchdown against the Patriots. He's so talented in just his third year in the NFL, and he's doing it all with an average QB and Kirk Cousins, like you said, Logan. What's your second takeaway? Second takeaway is the Giants are fakers. They, Danny, I'm not, I was going to say it, but I'm not even going to say it. Daniel Jones has not won 
I forget what the exact record is, but I saw a stat that any game that he has played in that was not played on a Sunday at 1 o'clock, I think he has like one win in his whole career. That's Thursday night. That's Sunday night football. That could be Monday night football. That could be Thanksgiving. Dude doesn't win in primetime games, and I think the Giants are a big bunch of fakers. Yeah, my takeaway as it relates to that Giants-Cowboys game, I have a takeaway for the Cowboys, not the Giants. I think the Cowboys are a legit NFC contender. The NFC is really down to the Eagles, 49ers, and Vikings to me. And now I would comfortably throw the Cowboys in that mix and ahead of some of those teams as well. CeeDee Lamb is incredible. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are doing their thing in the backfield, and they look dangerous on defense too with Micah Parsons. I'm really high on the Cowboys' chances in the NFC. Third and last takeaway, Logan. Last takeaway... I'm going to say that the Detroit Lions are the greatest team to watch on Thanksgiving, even though they never win. I don't know how to explain it, but when I think of Thanksgiving football, that is the team that always clicks in my mind because they also always play in Detroit. I just enjoy why, even though they they just can never seem to pull out the win, I do enjoy watching the Lions on Thanksgiving. It's one team that clicks in my mind every year. I don't even have to question it that they're playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, not bad for me. As it relates to that game, again, I'm not having a takeaway for the Lions, but I do have a takeaway for the Bills. And I just don't think the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. They've been hoisted up as the best team in the AFC with a QB that is a guarantee to win the MVP this year. And recently, they haven't looked that way. Now they're going to be without Von Miller for an extended amount of time. And I can see teams like the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Ravens beat them in a playoff game if it comes to it. I think they're, at best, the second-best team in the AFC. But like I said, I would comfortably put them at fourth in the AFC right now. I know they won the game, but based on their recent play, I just don't think that the the, the Bills are going to be that top contender in the AFC down the stretch of this season like everybody has made them out to be. Let's move on, though, and let's go to our Around the Root question for the week where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports as it relates to Thanksgiving football. This has been a debate up here for three years now. I don't even think it's a debate. I think 100% of these votes should go one way, but... Nonetheless, it has been a debate going on up here. I'm interested to see all of your takes on this debate on Twitter. But guys, what's better, Thanksgiving football or Christmas basketball? Absolutely Christmas basketball. There's no question in my mind. Although, the fact that Nike does not make Christmas jerseys anymore really does dilute it a little bit for me. Because that was one of the things that I looked forward to. And I also used to look forward to whether, because I'm, I'm, I'm a Cavs and a Heat fan, For many years, it was either LeBron and the Cavs playing or the Heat and the Cavs playing. So I always got to watch my own team, whether it was the Heat or the Cavs, wearing a brand new Christmas jersey. Whether it was cool or ugly, it always created a fun debate. Nonetheless, though, still Christmas basketball, no question. I think jerseys is a silly reason for that answer. But also, I would argue that it's better. I would argue that it's better have your team not play on a holiday like watching the browns lose to the packers last christmas made my christmas day worse i don't want to see that i don't want to see the browns play on thanksgiving i don't want to see the Cavs play 
on Christmas Day. Like, if they lose, that day becomes worse. And that's a holiday. You want that day to be as special as possible. So I disagree with that point as well. Lana, what's better, Thanksgiving football, Christmas basketball? I really like Christmas basketball. Um, you know, I I definitely agree with I miss like the Christmas jerseys. However, now I look forward to like the Christmas shoes. You know, I like looking at people with their like holiday socks and then um, some awesome shoes. And yeah, Christmas basketball, it's really fun to watch. I also agree that Christmas shoes are sweet when yeah. the players come out with them. I had LeBron 11 Christmases. I had KD 6 Christmases. And I had another year of KD Christmases one year. They were just fun when they came out. And they're either super ugly or super cool. Not only are you guys wrong, but you're using the wrong reasoning. The reasoning for Christmas basketball is that the matchups are competitive and fun to watch. And then the reason for Thanksgiving football is the tr- the tradition behind watching Thanksgiving football on that day. There's a tradition to that, and that's my answer. Thanksgiving football is better because it is tradition. You eat a huge meal while you're watching games. You relax. You fall asleep. You're watching football all day long. It makes Thanksgiving that much more special. Why are you shaking your head no, Lana? Because you shouldn't be watching football during that time. You should be spending time with your family. But you should be watching basketball with your family on Christmas. That's different. different. How is it different? I think Christmas is more of a family holiday than Thanksgiving I'm going to come behind the board and click that (laughs) sound effect because you're wrong. (laughs) Basketball is just more fun in my opinion. Okay, I just feel... So it's one argument if you like the sport more. Yes, I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I can see your point. So if you like basketball more than football, I understand that yes. standpoint, Lana, but you can't say that you shouldn't be watching football on Thanksgiving, but you should be watching basketball on Christmas. I, I don't know. I just feel like, and also just the the time of the year, too. Like, it's it's cold, like, outside, in, like, specifically in Christmas time. So then you're going to be inside anyways. So, you know, might as well turn on the TV, get to ABC or something, and watch, like, a really good basketball game. This is ridiculous. <laughs> on Thanksgiving, you wake up, you play football with your family outside, then you come inside, you eat a huge meal, and you watch Thanksgiving football all day. That's what you do. Thanksgiving football, regardless of the matchups, and this year, the matchups were actually good and competitive, Thanksgiving football is 100% better than Christmas basketball. I don't understand why this is a debate. It's in, Yet I'm it's the not, only one. Right. Yet yeah, I'm the only right. one arguing for Thanksgiving football. How's we'll it feel to be on it, the other side of the stick, Jake, when nobody agrees with you? <laughs> we'll see what the, the people listening have to say because this question is live on our Twitter page, at WZIP Sports. If you agree with me, even if you don't agree with me, head over to Twitter, vote in the poll. Let us know why in the comments. If you listen to Polar Opposites every Tuesday and Thursday, you know that nobody agrees with Jake Murren. So let's keep it that way on SBT. If you listen to Polar Opposites, you know that I have a huge winning streak over Alex. No, on the contrary. Alex is always right. Except for the false. one. Except for the one. I'll give yeah, you that. We're not, yeah, we're not going to bring that up because that's a very embarrassing conversation. But maybe <laughs> another maybe another time. Maybe another time. That'll do it for Around the Rue. Go vote. Let us know why Thanksgiving football is the right answer. We'll see if that's the winning answer next week. And then we'll debate it again next week between the new guests as well. Let's talk about Browns, though, and let's get into the Browns-Buccaneers matchup. The Buccaneers are 5-5. Five and five. The Browns are 3-7. and seven. As always, I'd like to go through some keys for a Browns win. What do you guys think? Logan, I'll go to you first. The secondary has to be on fire today. They just they need to be present. 
Because it seems like they're not a lot. And they need to be healthy and present. We need our secondary to play good. We need Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney to be all over Tom Brady today. Because Tom Brady is going to really torch us if the defense isn't prepped and ready for this guy. I definitely agree with that. And also, also like, offensively as well. Just the Browns, I just feel like they're not playing to their potential, you know. And, you know, there's really high expectations for the defense for exactly the reason that Tom Brady, it's just crazy that he's been playing this long in the league. Yeah, I agree with those. Yeah, I agree with those. My three keys for a Browns win. First, stop the run. The Browns are giving up 135 rushing yards per game, and they've made subpar running backs the past few weeks look like top guys in the league. Leonard Fournette is out today, but let's not make Tom Brady's day any easier by letting the Bucks run the ball all over us. My next key, Nick Chubb. I'm expecting a bounce-back game for Chubb. He only had 19 yards on 14 carries last week against the Bills. That's not the Nicholas Jamal Chubb that we all know and love. So let's feed him the rock early and get him going. Last key, keep Amari Cooper busy. He's caught for over 100 yards in two of the last three weeks, and he caught two touchdowns last week against the Bills. I just love how our offense looks when we're mixing it up and scheming plays to make one of the best route runners in the NFL open. And let's keep him busy more because it makes Logan Congrove sad because he traded Amari Cooper to Pat in our WZIP Sports Fantasy League. It's whatever, man. I, it's whatever. We don't got to get into it. You're not doing too well, are you? No. Yeah. You're coming off a loss to Jake Myrnagoat, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I am, unfortunately. Going back to the Browns, though, (laughs) over-unders, of course, I like to do this as well, based on season averages, over-under game, where I give these to you, and you just answer back, over-under. Jacoby Brissett throws for over-under 230 yards today. Under. Under. I am also going to go with the under. Tom Brady throws for over-under 280 yards today. Over. Mike Evans is going to have a good day against that Browns secondary, like I said, if they don't show up Hmm. it'd be crazy if he goes over but i'm gonna go under he's averaging 280 and a half yards per game this season i like him to go over for the exact same reasons that logan said next up nick chubb runs for over under 90 yards over over i'm also going with the over because if jacoby Brissett is going to go under in passing yards that means that he's going to go over you would hope You would hope that both don't go under because that would be a very bad thing for the Browns today. Next up, Amari Cooper scores over under a half of a touchdown. Over. Over. I'm going to go with the over as well. He has seven touchdowns in ten games this season. Mike Evans scores over under a half of a touchdown. Does he reach the end zone? Yeah, over. Definitely. Over. I'm going to go with the under. Evans has not found the end zone since week three against the Chiefs. I see Tom Brady targeting some other weapons on that Bucks offense. Two more over-unders, and then we'll get into pick'ems. The Browns defense holds the Buccaneers to over-under 150 rushing yards. Ooh. Under. I'm hopeful under. I'm hopeful for under. Leonard Fournette is out today, so I am going to go with the under. Last up, Browns defense holds the Buccaneers to over under 20 points. Uh, Under, unfortunately. Okay. You think the Browns defense is going to have a strong showing? 
Yeah. All right. I agree. I hope they have a strong showing and that under. I hope they do, but I'm not thinking that they will. I'm going to go over. I expect the Buccaneers to at least score 21. That's three touchdowns. And the Browns will see if they can eclipse that total. We'll have that pick them here very shortly. But let's get into the Week 12 pick them. The slate of games starting in about five minutes. The 1 o'clock slate, the Texans, who will have Kyle Allen starting at QB, goes on the road to take on the 7-3 and three Miami Dolphins. 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 Yeah, I think it's the Dolphins. I think it's going to be a bloodbath in Miami today. I think the Texans have no in the chance. 305. You're not even a Dolphins fan, Logan. I'm a City of Miami fan. Okay. Bengals, oh Titans. Gosh. Titans. Nobody likes the Bungles. Boo! Who day? Bengals. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Oh, that was a bit of a surprising thing here on SBT. I agree, though. I'm going with the Bengals today on the road to the defeat the Tennessee Titans. Next up, the Broncos, who are 3-7, and seven, will go on the road to take on Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. The Broncos. Broncos country. Let's ride, because nobody likes the Panthers just because Baker Mayfield is no. on the roster. I like the Panthers, because Baker Mayfield's on the roster. Y'all Thank gross. you, Lana. <laughs> I also like the Panthers because Baker He's Mayfield's gonna be on the He's going to be in the roster. XFL next year. He will not no, have a contract. Stop. No. But I am picking the, the Broncos in that game. Next up, a game that will feature two backup quarterbacks. The Bears will be without Justin Fields as they take on the Jets, who will start Mike White. So the Bears are not only without Justin Fields. It was just announced minutes ago that Trevor Simeon hurt his oblique in warm-ups. So now he's out too. So it'll be Nathan Peterman at quarterback for the Bears. So the Jets are going to absolutely blow up the Chicago Bears because Nathan Peterman is seriously one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. I like the Bears. So I'm just going to go with the Bears because I, I have family that are in Chicago. So Interesting. The, the Bears... Bears. The Bears weren't winning with Justin Fields. I don't think they're going to win with a third-string quarterback. I like the Jets. Bears. Next up, Falcons going on the road to take on the 6-5 and five Commanders. Oh, you know, I didn't pick them last time, and neither did Dan Groen. I'm picking the commies, Washington Commanders. I'll go with the Falcons. Taylor Heineke is finding ways to win, coming off of back-to-back wins by double digits. I like the Washington Commanders against the Falcons today. Last 1 o'clock slate game, Ravens on the road taking on the Jaguars. Man, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Jake. I'm going with the Jaguars. The 3-7 Trevor... Jaguars. Yes, upset over the Baltimore Ratbirds. We'll see if it happens. Lana, who do you think wins that game? I don't like the Ravens. However, I think the Ravens are going to win. I agree. I don't like the Ravens. I do see them beating Jacksonville today. Duval. Thank you. Two four oh five o'clock games today. Raiders on the road taking on Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. The Raiders are in shambles. Seahawks. I agree. Seahawks. Chargers at Cardinals. Cardinals are also in shambles. Chargers, even without Keenan Allen. Chargers. I like the Chargers as well. There will also be without Mike Williams today. 
two four twenty five games on the slate for today's week twelve games. Saints at forty niners. Niners, Jimmy G's on fire. Strong yeah. showing on Monday Night Football in Mexico City against the Cardinals. I also like the 49ers. Rams at Chiefs. True Chiefs. No Cooper Cup, no win. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs are 8-2. and two. I consider them the best team in the AFC. I like the Chiefs as well. Sunday Night Football, the Eagles, the 9-1 and one Eagles host the 4-7 and seven Packers. Packers pull off the upset. I don't like the Packers. I'm going with the Eagles. Dan, the Packers are going to get it tonight. I'm telling you. I also like the Eagles. I don't think the Packers are going to get anything tonight. Now for our most important picks, which we track each and every week on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. Monday Night Football, Colts, Steelers. Um, oh, I hate it. You know what? No. Colts. Jeff Saturday. You picked the Colts. I was going to change my mind. But I'm not changing my mind. Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts. I I just don't like the Steelers. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Colts as well. They're home. I think they have the advantage here over Pittsburgh. Last pick, Browns, Buccaneers, kicking off here in a matter of seconds. Who do you guys like and why? He's the GOAT, Tom Brady. He's going to beat the Cleveland Browns today at home in Jacoby's last game as starter, presumably. And we all do have to tip our hats to Jacoby Brissett as the record does not show how fantastic he's been for the Browns in this 11-game stretch. But I do have the Buccaneers winning today. The situation with the Browns is just crazy. And uh, whatever the future is for Jacoby Brissett, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, I could not agree more with you guys. I have the Buccaneers winning as well. They have the better quarterback. Our defense is in shambles. And at Jacoby Brissett... Thank you for your service, but it will be Deshaun Watson taking the field next week against the Houston Texans. All right, that'll do it for the November 27th edition of Sports Power Talk. We just touched on the NFL, but we also discussed Akron Zip Sports, college football, the NBA with the Cavs win over the Heat last Sunday, the World Cup, and so much more. Any last thoughts on today's show? Man. Great argument today, Jake. I, I don't like to compliment you much, but it was good banter. The Heat are still going to win the 2022-23 NBA championship. Don't get it twisted. Heat culture, shout out Joe Barry for listening, man. Hope you're driving back to Cincy safe. Go Cavs. Okay, I think the Cavs will win, and I hope that the Browns do a good job today. And, yeah, let's go. Yeah, all I really have to say to close this show is go Cavs. And go Buckeyes. Unfortunately, they fell to that team up north yesterday. And yeah, it was good banter, Logan. But as always, I put you in your place, which is right behind me in WZIP Sports. For more WZIP Sports content, though, check out our two podcasts, SBT Rewind for any of today's show that you may have missed, and SBT Overtime. The newest episode of Overtime comes out tomorrow, focusing on fantasy football. As always, follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports to keep up with everything going on up here. Joining me on today's show were... Lonitzo. Him, Logan Congrove. My name is Jake Marin. Be kind to one another, and WZIP Sports will be back next week, same time and place, for more Sports Power Talk on 881 WZIP.